we have some th- somebody very special this morning. Uh, Maggie moved a, a number of years ago down to Devon uh, with her two lovely girls. Uh, what, one of which is here. The, so the last time we saw Caitlin, she was down there, and now she's up here. Um, but Maggie, when we started, was a single mum, and uh, we said to her, "Do not come." don't leave the church that we're in even though we we have to go don't leave because you need to look after your kids and this was Maggie's response she said if I'm all right if I'm strong with God my kids will be all right and I'm coming so I I just it's kind of one of those moments that you remember for years when when she said that so I was just I continue to be immensely proud of her and uh, I now have to Stop calling her Maggie McCluskey because she has an amazing husband, uh, Neil. So she's now Mrs. Chandler as of last year. No, she's Mrs. McCluskey. She never changed the name. Well, on Facebook she hasn't. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. Right. Okay then. I could get her to do that. Yeah. Too strong Right. Okay. She's, it's the Irish blood. It's the Irish blood. Um, so we. They're just, they're just lovely, aren't they? And uh, anyway, so I'm going to sit down in a minute. We're going to sit down. I've got my best heckling voice on for the front. And uh, Maggie's going to just really tell us some of her story and the, the journey to get where she connected with us and then what's happened since then. Wow, morning faith life. Wow, it's just amazing to be here. Um, truly amazing for me. You know, I'm looking at all of you guys out there and some of you have never seen you before and this is your home and this is your family. But for me, this is, that's what it is for me too. (laughs) So I guess we're a family too, right? This is, uh, for me, where it all began in 2005 when I first got saved. I met Mark and Cheryl just a few weeks after that and... um, uh, and that was about a year before the church. We were still a home group then, but, you know, you were like my spiritual parents, you know, and this was, this is my spiritual home, you know, it will be. So um, it's just like coming home for me. <laughs> it is It is home. It's not like coming home. It is like coming home and see everybody and the new faces and, and the familiar faces. It's just j- such a wonderful, wonderful feeling. I'm going to get my notes. <laughs> I just realised I started there, but if I just set up. There we go. Otherwise, I might forget to say something very important. (laughs) And I don't want to see that. But, um, yeah, I mean... Like I said, I, start, I, I met Mark and Cheryl in 2005. I had literally just been saved a few weeks. So it is my, you know, going back into that testimony, it is my testimony of becoming a Christian, of becoming part of God's family, of getting saved, of being born again. Um, you know, and I, I just was thinking back to those days as I was preparing for today, reading some of my old journals and thinking, you know, the term baby Christian... <laughs> It's quite apt, really. (laughs) 
I was learning to walk, you know, and then thinking I could run and then fall in and then getting back up and then falling and just doing it all over again. And, uh, you know, tears and tantrums sometimes, I'm sure. But, you know, life was difficult. It was tough. You know, like, um, like Mark and Cheryl said, I was a single mum and the natural things weren't easy. I was going to tell you more about that whole kind of testimony. But, um you know, and we were a new church family and we were growing together. And, and, and you know, as I was thinking about today, and I, I just marveled, actually, it's a story not of people as much. It is definitely about people. It's about church family. It's about our family here. It's about, you know, my story. But it's a God story. God really told me, this is God. You know, what he's done in my life is just, I marveled. I laugh, I cry, but I just actually marvel. You know, it's just wonderful. So, um, so I'm going to take you back to this that time in 2005 when I I got saved. So at the time I was 24, and I was living in a little flat just off Milton Road with my two daughters. Caitlin was 18 months; she's now 15, and Jadina was six. And I was just finished a Cambridge degree. I was halfway through another degree that I was doing in London. I was working. I was doing that part time in London part-time I was working in Savills on Hills Road you know I had these two young kids like it was really busy but I was determined that I was going to build this amazing life for my girls and I was going to do it in my own strength and I was on this path to make a better life you know for my girls than I had for um, myself and I was going to do it all of my strength and determination because who could I rely on you know, family for me consisted of an absent father who um, basically lived in a big fancy house in the country with my half-brother and left my mum pretty much to raise me on her own and a council flat in London. And, you know, he was just out there and he, I just didn't think he loved me, basically. My mum, who is a rock, she's wonderful. She stood by me and she helped me. She raised me on her own and she helped me with my girls. But we had a chaotic relationship because she had lots of issues as well. And, um, uh, and you know, she was just quite controlling. So my whole childhood was just really trying to break out from underneath that and try and put distance, um, you know, on, on everything. And, um, yeah, my childhood was pretty awful. <laughs> um, I was abused and I spent some time in care. So I'm okay, though. <laughs> um, so it was just you know, just lots of pain of, you know, just being reject, felt rejected by my dad and spending time in children's home. And I I started when I was about sort of 14, 15, taking control of my life for myself. And I turned to hedonism, which drunk, drink, drink and drugs and parties and filling the void that way. And that worked great for a few years <laughs> until I realized it wasn't actually great and it was just adding more pain and you know it, I was just trying to mask something which you know was still there so then I turned to jobs and careers and you know got to Cambridge and I was going to do it that way I was going to get the glossy career and you know the nice house in Impington it was <laughs> with the garage and the conservatory and all that <laughs> so I thought that's going to do it and then one day the wheels just came off. I was, you know, I was 24, still quite young. And um, I basically went out and lost my license for drink driving. And I thought this was me trying to do my life on my own steam and sort myself out. And I just thought, well, you know, I'm just not 
I'm rubbish at this, you know, I can't sort my life out. I had a faith, actually, because I was raised a Catholic, and I actually remember praying when I was a child, and I never, ever kind of blamed God or turned away from God. I turned away from God, but I never got angry at him or didn't believe. So it was kind of a matter of time for me. I'd felt him talk to me when I was a child and, and sometimes nudge me, and I always just, no, not yet, God, I'm not ready. But it was just that day, I remember it so clearly, I just thought, right, I'm at the end of the road trying to do this my own steam and my own strength so I googled churches in Cambridge and just said right I'm just gonna find a church and I took myself to church no one had to evangelize to me I just realized there was a mess and I actually knew there was only one you know way back and there was only one person who was actually going to really help me um I took myself to church, I gave my life to Christ, I just prayed the prayer, and I just knew it was different, I just knew I meant it, I knew this is real, the parties tried that, the career tried that, I just knew this was real, and I just knew it was going to be real, so a few weeks later, I was at a ladies' prayer meeting, and I met Cheryl, that's when I met Cheryl, I don't know if you remember this, but you just said, does anyone want prayer, and I just said very simply, well, I've just become a Christian, you know, about four weeks ago, and, um, I just I know it's real but I want it to feel real and I just want to know God and you prayed Lord reveal yourself to Maggie (laughs) and I just it was the warmth that I felt and it was just such wonderful and that was just it you know and that's what he did over the next few weeks months I joined your home group you know and it was discipleship but it was love and it was a family and it was like just this place of security as I was growing you know it was just I could fall I could get up I could fall you know I could phone you up you were there for me and um you know it was just like a little nest or like a little incubator where I was safe to grow but God was you know God was doing it and that's the key thing you know I think back on my faith life years and yes it's the people and it was a strong family but God was doing something that you two were shepherding, I think. You know, it wasn't about you coming in and fixing me or anybody else coming in and fixing me or me doing it in my own strength. It was about this place where it was real and God was here. And there were two things, I think back to my faith life um, years, you know, where I know that I know that I know the foundations were going down. Because when I left here, I was strong in the Lord, not my own strength, but I had foundations. There was two things that I can really put my finger on, and it was the Word and the Spirit, the presence of God. You know, this, you know, turning up to church on Sunday, as I'm sure is still the way, God God turns up and he does business. And I don't know if that happens at every church. You know, there's lots of wonderful churches, but I know here, just normal Christianity. Do you remember that we had a, that phrase for a while? Normal Christianity. You wouldn't come to church and go away and be the same. You would come to church and if God would turn up and he would do business, it might have been standing in the back worshipping and he would be speaking to me. It might have been at the front. It wasn't this building, but it was the same kind of place. You know, it might have been at the front. I remember just coming up to the front and just kneeling down in prayer and crying and crying and crying. And people would say, praying for me, they saw the roots coming up, the bad roots were coming up and that you know the good roots were coming down and the Holy Spirit was here and he was moving and it was just a natural occurrence that that healing was taking place I didn't have to go to any courses I don't think I did anything else apart from you know 
meeting God here and reading the word. Um, but it was just wonderful, you know, that the Lord's here and the word of God. I mean, I don't need to tell you, I'm sure Mark Baines is, you know, you preach it and it's and it and it works because you, you know, the way you preach it and, and you the faith and the authority that you kind of push us on with your sermons. But one thing I'm sure is the same, you challenge us and train us even and equip us to be readers of the word for ourselves and study it for ourselves. I remember you even used to say things like, you know, don't believe me, but of course we would, you know, standing here telling you this. You need to go and read it for yourself and you'd exhort us and you would tell us without doing it for ourselves. You know, you used to say we'd be like little orphans kind of or hungry, you know, we needed to feed ourselves. So you taught us how to feed ourselves and that really just set me on a path to freedom and deliverance and those roots you know those roots were going down so um I want to um share can I share a little bit of the word there's one bit of the the word that I um dug out and this is my old bible this is my first bible just different things I was doing preparing for today getting out my journals reading them but this bible here it doesn't look it looks a bit tattered um but all of the underlinings, all of the, you know, the words that I wrote in, all of the kind of scribbles that I did and the highlighting, I just think that's when I was first getting those truths. And it's just amazing. And I love this. I think, you know, if I had to do, I think you asked me once, Neil, as some sort of a quiz or trivia, if you had to leave a burning building and you only are allowed one thing, what would you take? And it is this, not any Bible, but this one, because these are when I was turning from that little orphan, rejected, feeling alone, feeling broken, to becoming now rooted and grounded, which I'm, you know, rooted and grounded, but not in my own strength, because it's definitely not a, you know, a, a big Maggie story. It's a, it's a God story. But rooted and grounded, like I know, the wind can come and blow, and you know, and you know, life doesn't suddenly get easier. But I know I'm rooted in His love. I know I have a Father, you know, and it's just wonderful. This is one passage of Scripture. There are a couple, but this is the one that you know means quite a lot to me. Ephesians three fourteen. If you want to go there, but I'm in the Amplified, so. <laughs> I might rumble on a little bit extra and be a few extra phrases, but it starts Ephesians 3.14, and I'll just read through it and um, just want to just explain. Just It brings me back to that time when I was really being, my feet were being set on the ground and I was being healed of that orphan spirit, basically, and receiving that revelation, like saying at worship time today that I am, that I am a child of God. I have a father, you know. So Ephesians 3.14, for this reason... Seeing the greatness of this plan by which you are being built together in Christ, I bow my knees before the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. I've bolded there the Father. Everything in the Bible about the Father, I was like underlining, highlighting. For whom every family in heaven and earth is named, that Father from whom all fatherhood takes its title and derived its name. Now that just little nugget there meant so much to me because it made me realize not only I have a father and he is my father, but he meant for me to have a good dad here as well. Because it says, you know, his model was, is 
this perfect father, this is, this is the model, and he meant it to be that way on earth. He meant us all to have wonderful earthly dads. And, you know, I f- absolutely, completely forgive my dad this, you know, absolutely. Um, but God meant him to be a good dad, and he couldn't be a good dad for, you know, whatever reason. But I just it just gave me so much freedom to know God meant me to have a good dad. But even though I don't have a good dad in earthly here on earth I do have a good dad so it was just wonderful may he grant you out of the rich treasury of his glory to be strengthened and reinforced (laughs) which is what I needed you know I felt blown about I felt weak you know I felt on my own but strengthened and reinforced with mighty power in the inner man by the Holy Spirit himself indwelling your innermost being and personality and I've bolded in a man because that's where I felt pain you know that's where I felt emptiness that's where I felt insecure and just like damaged goods I used to write in my book but I feel like damaged goods you know I just felt yeah um, just that's where it was hurting that's where all the pain was and I've just bolded the inner man you know he will be strengthening me and then may Christ free of faith actually dwell settle down abide make his permanent home in your hearts and this is bolded and underlined about three times may you be rooted deep in love and found securely on love and that was our scripture wasn't it is it still it was on our loco of our church rooted and grounded in love you know and that's what god was doing in those years you know and i didn't see it happening you don't see it happening, but the rooted and grounded in love, those roots were just growing and growing and growing as I was reading the word. I was I was standing on it as I was speaking it back to God and, you know, declaring it. And as I was receiving the ministry here at the front, those roots were just going so deep. Verse 18, that you may have the power to be strong, not in my own strength, but in his strength, to be strong and to apprehend, to grasp with all the saints, God's devoted people, the experience of that love, and I've bolded experience of love. And I've written here, comprehend, grasp, seize, take hold, lay hold of, and I think that was from one of your sermons, Mark, that you were preaching and you were exhorting us. You've got to grasp it, you know, take hold of it, seize it. And I was writing it all down here, but it was going in, you know. It was just, um, it was working I was getting my roots down and I was going from orphan to daughter you know um so the breadth the length the heights and the depth of it and you know these wonderful songs often sung that over my life since then verse 19 that you may really come to know and I've underlined really come to know practically through experience for yourself the love of Christ bolded underlined love of Christ which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience that you may be filled through your being into the fullness of God and I remember saying fullness of God yes that's what I want the fullness of God I've written in my little side notes here you can't have the fullness of it by mere head knowledge just knowing about it you need to experience it for itself and that's just you know when I read this I just think that wasn't just me 
or writing something down here or bolding something or writing in the in the notes or getting it up here or turning up to church and going home and thinking I've joined a club you know I've got a nice family who'll kind of make me a nice cup of coffee or a nice bit of cake <laughs> plus that <laughs> that too <laughs> but <laughs> this was actually really happening you know, it was actually really happening. You know, those roots were getting pulled up. Those roots that says I'm an orphan. You know, I'm rejected. My dad didn't love me enough. You know, I'm abused. That's it. That's my identity. I'm a single mum. You know, that's my identity. Those were all getting pulled up. You know, and these roots were going down. No, you've got a father. You know, you've got a father. He's an amazing father. You know, you're going to experience God's love. You know, one other, just really quickly, one other scripture, which I say, the two foundational scriptures, this one here, but there's two that actually even underpin that, is 2 Corinthians 5.17. He was in Christ Jesus as a new creation. Behold, the old has gone and the new has come. And I remember once sitting, you know, and it was much, much, much later. I think I might have even been in Devon, but looking back on my old life, children's home, police, you know, fighting with my mum, running away, drugs, all of that. You know, even, you know, being in Cambridge and trying to, academia and trying to, you know, get in, you know, build myself up for all that. And it was like watching a video or a dream of somebody else's life. I just thought, that's crazy that that's my life. The memories are up here like video, like a DVD. And I think that doesn't even feel like that was my life. And that isn't, that's because it's actually not. <laughs> because I'm a new creation and that's the old Maggie. <laughs> and that's really good news. <laughs> because I don't have to patch up the old Maggie and get plastered. <laughs> I don't have to keep going back there. You know, I can look back and wonder and marvel and worship. But that old Maggie actually died and a new Maggie has, has risen. And then the second one is 2 Corinthians 5.17, just a few verses later, which I actually paraphrase it. He who knew no sin became sin for me so that I could become the righteousness of Christ. That's how I get my the first bit. <laughs> That's how I get to stand here, not broken, not damaged, not tainted. Definitely not damaged goods, which is what I thought, you know. I get to stand here free just I don't feel any shame nobody could put any shame on me if they tried <laughs> I was like geez Jesus took that <laughs> you know Jesus took that <laughs> so you know I just but that all oh, that's what I think when I think back to you and my life here God was doing that and it's a miracle Do you know there's one other little story that I don't know if you remember telling this one about the bamboo shoots Oh my goodness, it's a little analogy that you used to share and I forgot about it until just as I was thinking back and thinking for today. So I think it's a bamboo shoot, a plant. You plant it and you remember this and you see nothing for how many years was it? Something like four years. So you plant this bamboo, you go back, you water it, you do this and it looks like nothing is happening. And I remember when I first heard that, I felt like, I don't think anything's happening. I was that baby Christian going round and round, up and down, up and down, up and down, cry, run, stand up, fall. You know, it's only now, but then suddenly you go back and it's like whoosh and it's strong because in those four years, invisible, the roots were going down. The roots were going down and it was like 
all of a sudden, I don't know, and, and I'm not preaching like some kind of arrival Christianity where one day you're a baby and the next minute you've got kind of graduated status. That's not what I'm preaching. But I just think, well, I just look back and I was going around on this roller coaster of round and round and it was hard. It was really hard. Life was tough, you know, with two kids and chaotic relationship with my mum and trying to do all this stuff and just learning about Christianity but still feeling that damaged goods, you know, would still keep coming up. But all of a sudden, it was just like, no, I know who I am. So it's not, a, it's not a big Maggie story. It's a big God story. Definitely not. But I know who I am. Those roots are down. You know, life, you know, got easier, but not straight away. Um, when I left here um, to move to Devon, I actually moved on the invitation. Oh, God, I'm not rambling on too much. I've got a few minutes left. I... Um, I moved to Devon actually on the invitation of my dad who invited me down there to give me a free house and this amazing life in the country and I thought wow it's come full circle you know it's, it's going to be like the years that we never had and you know you know I'm going to be his daughter and you know he's going to be like you know my dad and we're going to have restoration and you know it's going to be wonderful time of restoration of our relationship well that lasted nine months I think before he eventually gave me an ultimatum and said you know this is you know he quite he had a picture in his mind of me moving to Devon and I didn't realize it when I moved um but he, you know he wanted me to look like this you know country life kind of respectable you know and get marry a farmer and pick flowers and <laughs> all that kind of thing but I think he was really offended actually because I was taking the kids to church he in his own words overindulged and indoctrinated them and he didn't you know you know he was really against even though he knew I was born again Christian but I didn't think when he was confronted with it he just couldn't really stomach it actually and gave me an ultimatum give me a choice if you like give me a choice stop going to those evening meetings and these meetings and stop taking the children here and you know or make your own arrangements so I made my own arrangement well God I made some alternative arrangements actually God made some arrangements I lived in you know I lived in Devon nine months and suddenly there was a just through the church family down there there was a house there was furniture just turned up and uh you know and it was a walk of faith um but they were not the easy they weren't the easy rosy life that I had in mind you know is what I'm trying to say that it was still difficult God turned up it was a wonderful faith journey but I never once doubted because I knew that I knew that I knew. I remember saying, God, I've sung the songs. Your love never fails. I've read the word, I'm rooted and grounded in love. This is like the rubber hits the road. Do I believe it or not? And I believed it. You know, I believed it. And I went, you know, I moved into this little tiny cottage where we ended up living for about six years because it was wonderful, because God gave us the bit that comes after verse 19 in Ephesians, them so much more then you ask, think, or imagine. Not only did I get a little house, but I got a family as well, because it was an annex of a bigger house of a lovely Christian family, and we fellowshiped for six years. But I'm telling you, I, I now became a teacher, a maths teacher, and I only, I'm not sure whether um, this is actually true or not, but I felt like they were the hardest years of my life, <laughs> being a trainee teacher. Is there any teachers? Any teachers? Yes. <laughs> trainee teacher, NQT years, tough. Like work, it's just like an onslaught of work. You're not given enough time to do anything. 
kids that you think you're going to minister to them and it's going to be great it's going to be an outreach they hate you and they're horrible to you and <laughs> and you're taking your work home and trying not to like put you know dump it onto your family I used to say do you want to hear my funny story for today but really there wouldn't be funny story you know awful things that were going on and Ofsted telling you you weren't doing it right you were rubbish because your lessons didn't look like this and it was awful and you know I actually prayed about being a teacher and had prophetic words and I knew that God called me to be a teacher and I honestly said these words God I don't know what I've done to deserve this and are you sure you've got the wrong girl because it was actually horrible it was horrible um, it's not horrible now it's not horrible now but I remember this um, vivid kind of memory and I think it just shows the kind of the roots that I was standing on which is why I'm telling you because it is still how those roots really sustained me it was 2012 and it was a new year and um, I just lifted my arms and declared this is going to be a brilliant year great year and you know in the natural didn't look like that because I didn't even have a secure job and it was very low paid and it was still awful and the Holy Spirit whispered and I know it was the Holy Spirit because it was loving and it not condemning it was encouraging the Holy Spirit whispered so what are you gonna do when the going gets tough <laughs> and without a blink I said I'm gonna lift my hands and worship and I just think that's a turn around, you know, that it's just that little baby Christian. I just knew. I just, I said, if I worship you, the devil will flee and you'll stand by me just like you've stood by me all of those years. And the reason I'm telling you this is because sometimes God makes life easy. Sometimes he doesn't. But it's those roots, it's those roots that sustain you through the um, good times, the easy times and the harder times. One little thing that just comes to mind. Do you remember your picture you had for me, Cheryl, about the life jacket? <laughs> so this is going back to the early days. We were still a, a, um, a home group and life was, I was in the midst of the really, really challenging time, single mum and still actually still a lot of pain. And I was in home group and I must have been praying, exasperated. It's so hard. I don't know how I'm going to do this like it used to. You know, life's so tough. Is God ever going to deliver me? And Cheryl had this picture for me. And she explained what a picture was because I'd never heard of a picture. So this is right back to my very first, you know, days of being a Christian. So I've got a picture for you. She explained what a picture is. She says, I see you. You are in the choppy seas. It's very stormy. And God is your life jacket and you need to cling on to him. And you really need to cling on to him. And the important thing is that God didn't say he's going to click his fingers and it's going to go calm. He said, I'm your life jacket and you need to cling on. And as I was reading my journals, notes through those times, I'd always go back to that, God, I know you're my life jacket. I'm trying to cling on. I wish you'd just make the storm go away. I love you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> But there was that picture of that life jacket, and, and, and that's what it was. And I think at that time, I just learnt my life jacket. I just knew my life jacket was bigger than the storm, I think, compared to, compared to you know, um, the trials of life. I've just realised, actually, God's much bigger than the storm, and he's much stronger. And I just knew he'd get me, you know, through. So life's, you know, lovely now, I have to say. I've got a nice job and God has delivered me through the storm and it is definitely, you know, the waters have calmed and he does that. So it's, you know, he, he will do that and you can believe him absolutely to bring you to a, a, a you know, to the still water, Psalm 23. You know, you absolutely can. Um, you know, it's wonderful. I've got, you know, Caitlin is 15, Judina is 20. We have a great time. 
together and obviously my wonderful husband Neil and I work in a lovely school now it's brilliant it's just great um you know the kids are on board it's actually an independent school private school so I jumped ship and just went where it was a bit easier to teach you know and I just go to work and I do what I love and I you know get paid enough to put a roof over our head and more than that you know bless you know I'm blessed I just feel blessed but not you know not circumstantially blessed although God does do that um, I just feel blessed that God has, when I look back over my journals through all of those seasons, the one constant thing that I see him doing is, is, is being with me. He knows being with me, you know. So that's my story. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Shall we pray? Thank God. Yeah. So, Lord... I just thank you, Lord, as I look back and I I just marvel over everything that you've done for me. You know, the one constant thing, as we sang this morning, you never change. The one constant thing for every trial, for every season, for every blessing is that you are there. And Lord, I thank you for those roots that have sustained me, Lord. And I just pray even this morning, Lord, that you would just reach out to hearts and you'd reach out to souls and you'd just touch people, Lord, and those roots would go down, Lord. I just pray, Lord, for your blessing and your favour, Lord, over everyone. But most of all, Lord, we just thank you because you are an awesome Father and your love never fails and you never change and your grace is amazing and you are faithful. And I thank you that we can trust you and we do trust you. Thank you, Lord. Amen.